It is Monday, May 8th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Hope you had an amazing, amazing weekend, boss. You good? We did. We had a nice little barbecue last night. I threw down some ribeyes. I made some sausage and peppers. Uh, the mm. first game we're going to talk about, I thought was in the bag when Hater came in, and I didn't even watch yeah. what happened. Ooh. I was busy on the grill. I thought it was game over. Wow. Okay. Interesting. But a good weekend. Yeah, we'll get How'd to that. Do? Good. Uh, yeah, everything was well. You know, had fun, hung out with family. Michelle and I took a nice walk yesterday. We enjoyed that. That was nice. A couple hours of just talking, which I thought was really good. I want to let everybody know that baseball today is presented to you by MLB Nine Innings, which has a wide variety of game modes from league mode, where users play through an entire season, to live play-by-play. They have over 2,000 player cards to collect and use in your dream roster. They have the most up-to-date rosters, team logos, ballparks, unis, and they're introducing new historic players. Hall of Fame players to MLB nine innings, including Larry Walker, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Mike Schmidt, Trevor Hoffman, and more. So download and play MLB nine innings 23 today with the link in the description. And a quick reminder, end of the week, we'll have our MLB nine innings question of the week. You get that in by Thursday night. If we pick yours and use it on Friday's show, we will send you baseball today swag. It is that simple. So get it going. You were talking about Dodgers and Padres. The final game of the week, Sunday Night Baseball. L.A. ends up taking two out of three. Mookie with the two-out homer off of Josh Hader to force extras, where they score three in the 10th. Uh, Outman continues his torrid pace. What was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? It was an incredible series, and I hope we get to see that more and more, and especially, especially I want to see it again in the playoffs. I mean, these two teams, it, it, you know, we asked this question so many times on this show, like, is it a real rivalry? Like, is, is it, uh, and Urias after the game said, this is a rivalry. And I think it really is. I mean, San Diego mm-hmm. and LA, that's it's, it's been there. Um, but now you got jumbotron, you know, operators getting in on the fun. You know, we got people just talking crap with signs in, in the field, talking about Mookie, like it's become like a personal thing. And I don't necessarily know if the Dodgers see it that way just yet, uh, but they might after this series. I mean, San Diego was, what, one one centimeter away from taking the series, and what a difference it, 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 Mookie Betts' blast made. I mean, think about that. Two or three from the Dodgers, you put the crying Kershaw meme up there, and everything is good. Instead, Mookie Betts hits the homer, and you know you lose the series. And now the Dodgers, like Urias also said, he who laughs last, laughs best. The Dodgers are laughing all because of that one pitch and a few uh, hits there in the 10th. But it was an incredible series. Everything went right. The pitching matchups were great. Uh, this is this is made for TV baseball. I would agree with you. By the way, I had a lot of people ask me on Twitter, well, what do you think about the crying Kershaw? You know, I didn't have a problem with it. <clears throat> Clayton didn't either. Now, he might be pissed off about it behind the scenes, but he said, if you don't like it, pitch better which I love, which is the the perfect response. Uh, some people say, well, the Dodgers got to Tatis last year, but they didn't, they didn't get to Tatis. Like some fan threw out the fake syringe. That wasn't the Dodgers organization mm-hmm. or anything. But, Can I get my take on it real quick? Please do. It's disrespectful. It well, is. It, well, yes, it, it's disrespectful, but at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't like bother me one way or another. Um, I want to see more of this. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, if you want to, if 
the Dodgers will have a chance to pay it back this coming weekend. Doesn't it seem like that's something like the little brother would do though? Yes. Like, you know, like if you're the, if you're the Padres, like you want to do it on the field and you did it on the field in the playoffs. Like let's, I, I feel like that's the one aspect of it that I don't like. It's like, if you're trying to make this a real thing, take over the NL West, you went out and you've constructed this amazing roster. Let it be about the roster. Like this added stuff. It's, it's just kind of silly, especially when you lose the series, like it, maybe I'm talking about it differently if they don't lose the series and we're like, Hey man, like they beat him in the playoffs. They beat him in the series. Uh, the first time in 2023, they're putting up these memes of Kershaw, like they're owning the Dodgers. But now you really can't say that. Well, okay. I would agree with you. It's not something I would do. It's not something that I would want my team to do, but it's, I don't think it's that huge a deal. Like, Oh my God, look at what they're doing to a future hall of famer. Like, okay. No, you, you I, I don't think it's added- that big of a deal. Yeah, you, to me, it's that you added another interesting layer to a rivalry, which is a rivalry, finally. Because for, for the last few decades, the Dodgers have kind of thumbed their nose at San Diego and said, call me when you can actually play with us. And that happened last October over mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. five-game series. So I love it that this is where we are. I loved it that Tatis had another multi-homer game off of Kershaw that it seems like he's starting to come around. I love the intensity. I was thinking to myself, my God, Hater is all the way back. And then with freaking two outs, Mookie does. I mean, everything about it was great. And I'm excited that we get it again this coming weekend. And you have to remember, divisional matchups are so critical this year because you lose two series, right? We've gone from 19 meetings down to 13. You better put your stamp on something. And I think the Dodgers did. Do you think the Dodgers scoreboard team, social team, whoever does no. all that stuff, they're not going to do that. They won't do it. No, I don't. I don't think they will. But I do think that the Dodger fans will be out in full force. It's easy to take the high road when you win. That's what I'll say. Yeah. But like it's they good. They can just act like, hey, we're, we're not going to do that. We won. And yeah, and I'm guaranteeing this is Tatis's first time in, back in L.A. Holy they're going to get loud well, there. Yeah, this is the first time where he's going to feel it. On the road, it hasn't been bad yet. It's about to be bad this coming weekend. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals off to their worst 30-plus game start in over 100 years. They did snap an eight-game skid yesterday. Thanks to Paul Goldschmidt, three-homer day, they end up beating the Tigers. But the big news over the weekend was that their prized free agent signing, Wilson Contreras, will not be catching for the foreseeable future. How big a story is this? I mean, it's just another story in this horrible book that is the St. Louis Cardinals season so far. I mean, it started in spring training with Marmol and Buckner. Then it went Tyler O'Neill, And then it went, um, it went somewhere else, I forget. And now we're here. And the thing I'll say about this is, is I understand uh, that pitchers like to throw to certain people. That's just how it is. Uh, but you had an entire spring training to do this. And you have a month into the season, he's been catching a lot. I I just think it's too quick. It's it's desperate. And I guess they are in a desperate situation. But like I said, I talked about this on talking baseball a lot. He Contreras is not throwing the pitches. Like you as a starting staff, they've just been horrendous. You know, as a bullpen, they've had a lot of faults as well. Like they haven't been able to put people away. They lead the league at like 21 homers with two strikes. I saw that stat pop up. Like he's not freaking throwing the pitches, man. 
And I came up with this and I'm not privy to any information that's in the clubhouse. And I want to say this again. I have not talked to Flaherty about this. I feel like sometimes people just assume I talked to him. Uh-huh. I haven't asked him about this at all, but I don't think there's any way the front office made this decision alone. It seems to me like being in clubhouses, wow, something like this doesn't happen unless some pitchers say something to the pitching coach. Like that's what would get the ball rolling on a decision this big because it is a big decision. You just signed this guy to be Yachty's replacement. Fair or not, that's what it was. And now you're telling me this guy's going to be relegated to the DH. And oh yeah, you said he was going to play left field. And then the next day you said, oh wait, we we messed up. Sorry about that. He's only going to be DH. It's a mess, Chris. It's an absolute mess. And I don't see a way out of it at all, man. And I am just losing more and more faith in this Cardinals organization that is supposed to be the most buttoned up organization in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. They have been an absolute disaster for all they the, have been for the, all the wrong reasons. This is an organization that's been the model of consistency the last 30 years. And you are right. They are zagging when they should be zigging and they're zigging when they should be zagging for John Mosaylock yesterday to come out. This is what he said. We'll be patient. But look, again, this has not gone the way we would have thought. you got to remind yourself it's a long season, but it's certainly gotten off on the wrong foot. I do still believe in Contreras, but some of the things we expect, some of the things about the game that we've been accustomed to, I think he realizes is going to have to require more preparation. Now the question is, can that happen? I guess we'll have to find out. You receive an F, sir, as far as free agency goes. An F. Anybody that thinks it was going to be easy to replace Yadier Molina, you didn't watch baseball the last two decades in St. Louis. You knew there was going to be some sort of drop-off. But when I watch the catching position, I feel like I'm watching the offensive line on Sundays. I've watched the game for decades, but I still don't know all the nuances of what happens. I don't know if an offensive line is any good, and I don't know if a catcher's any good, because I just can't figure it out. I'm not privy to it. You have a better idea. You're inside the clubhouse. So what they should have done was get a defensive-minded catcher first. A guy like our Austin Hedges on the Chris Rose rotation probably would have fit in perfectly. So are you going to sacrifice 200 points in OPS? Yes, you are. But you know what you're not going to get? This sort of bullshit seven weeks into the season. How the hell do you pay a guy almost $90 million and you turn him into a DH? Who did this? A month into the season, Chris. So, like, basically, you you talk about that quote. That's me now assuming, like, you know, he wasn't giving great plans for the pitchers, which honestly is not only his job. They have pitching coaches. They have an analytical front office that will give you plans and and show what we have to do. Now, they're clearly used to Yachty take, probably taking over that meeting because that's what you do. I mean, every single day you're going over the, the plan and how you're going to pitch and the starter and the catcher get together. Yachty, I'm sure, had his way about it. Wilson mm-hmm. Contreras is not going to be that way. It's going to be different. Nobody's going to be able to live up to the standards of Yachty or Molina. Bottom line, dude. So either you keep Yachty around to help with the transition and just pay him a bunch of money and say, please come – teach this kid what you do or you let him figure it out on his own or provide help from within. But it seems like they haven't done that, man. Right. This is, yeah, this is, it's the most important position on the field, right? It is the most important position on the field. And what they did was they got greedy because they saw the offensive numbers. Now let's spin the clock back to last July when we thought that Wilson Contreras was going to get traded 
But what do you think the biggest reason he didn't get traded was? Because he was a great offensive catcher who maybe wasn't a catcher. And by the way, they said they're not going to put him in the outfield. So now you've made him a full-time DH where Nolan Gorman has been one of the guys that's been your consistent bat. So you got to get him in the lineup. We don't know where to put him. This has turned into a total shit show in St. Louis. I And it's the reason I'm wearing the Cardinals cap today because I'm sympathizing with the fans who were booing them all weekend long. I watched yesterday's game where Rodgers hit the go-ahead homer in like the sixth or seventh inning for the Tigers. They were booing the shit out of them. I mean, thankfully, the Cardinals came back and Goldie hit another and they ended up winning 12 to six. But man, it must suck being a Cardinals fan today. It's t- it took heroics from Goldschmidt to salvage a series. I mean, right. it's it's difficult. It really is. And it seemed like we're talking about them all the time for the wrong reasons. Yes. And finally, let me make this point. Mosellock came out and said, listen, we're, this is not all on Wilson Contreras. You can say that all you want. Y'all just pointed the finger at Wilson Contreras. They've That's been not a guy under the bus angry. all year long, Chris. Oh, it's it's horrible. It is horrible. And by the way, Wilson Contreras returns to the north side of Chicago today for the first time as a Cardinal ever since he said, I like being in this organization better. It's more of a buttoned up place. Oh, holy shit. The buttons have come wait. loose. We need I, a seamstress in St. Louis. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what happens tonight. Hey, Bowman baseball history dates back to 1948. That's the last year my Cleveland baseball team won the World Series, by the way. That was also when the first Bowman baseball card set was released following the end of World War II. It has become a fan favorite among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects, offering the chance to have the first card of the next superstar. Bowman baseball, it's an inclusive product designed for every type of collector from beginners like me to vets like Ploof. They offer top-rated prospects, rookies, veterans. Bowman Baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everyone in the hobby. Each year, there's new and exciting class of potential future Hall of Famers. Top prospects with their first Bowman cards in 2023 include, get this list, Drew Jones, right? That's Andrew's kid out in Arizona. Jacob Berry, up-and-comer with the Marlins. Justin Crawford, that's Carl's kid in the Phillies organization. And Spencer Jones, he's being called the left-handed Aaron Judge in the Yankees organization. So find the game's future stars in 2023 Bowman Baseball, available at your local hobby shop, retailers, and tops.com. I know Plouffe is big into that. He got a Drew Jones sign card. He's very excited about that. If you get an extra, you damn well better send it my way. Did you just call him the left-handed Aaron Judge? Let's just relax on all that no, stuff. No, that's that, that's not what I'm calling him. That's what some call him is what I said. Okay. Or I should have said it. Okay? But go out and collect. That is the point. Speaking of the Yanks, bigger story for them this weekend, that Garrett Cole blew a six-run lead on Sunday, and Tampa ends up taking two of three from New York, or the fact that Carlos Rodon has a, quote, chronic back issue and his availability is in question. Tough series for the Yanks. Uh, the Rays just kind of did what they do right there. In a blink of an eye, they erased that deficit. But I'm going to go with the Carlos Rodon chronic back issue. Uh, we don't even we have no timetable, and that's kind of like the worst thing you could do to a fan base that's starving for starting pitching is say, "Hey, the guy we just signed to be our number two, our like basically one B, if you will, we have no idea when he's going to pitch." That's really tough. They've already been, you know, snake bit by injuries. Uh, Severino I mean, has had like a lat thing, I believe. 
and the guys that they've had to replace him and Montas and now Rodon with just haven't been getting the job done. I think it's commendable, like their record, uh, what they're at right now mm-hmm. with the, kind of like a piece together roster. Uh, but you can't, it's not sustainable. And 500 ball is not going to get it done. So right now you're looking at, you know, their, their starting rotation. Garrett Cole has been amazing. He has been amazing. everything that you want the guy to be behind him. I mean, Domingo Herman's like been a solid five guy essentially, but Nestor Cortez has been getting hit around. Uh, Clark Schmidt has been getting hit around. Brito has been getting, getting, uh, been getting hit around. So to not have a timetable at least for Rodon is, is just scary for the Yankees. And I don't know where they go. I guess they have to go to the trade market to get starting pitching uh, because they will not be able to compete in the AL East and just baseball in general with kind of what they're throwing out there right now. Okay. Well, if they're going to do that, one word of advice, do not trade with the Oakland A's because whomever you bring over here, it don't always work out unless you bring back JP Sears, who's actually been pretty good for the A's. Um, I, I don't know what it's like to be a professional athlete. I do know what it's like to have a chronic back issue. I have had two surgeries on my back. This isn't as bad. He is getting a steroid injection. Um, Injections, I can tell you this, don't always take. And, you know, it's interesting because they say it's more of a discomfort thing that it doesn't allow him to do exactly what he wants to do as a baseball player, which is a problem. When Carlos Rodon comes out and says, you know, I wasn't picking up anything at home because I didn't want to further do it. That is, holy shit, I've been there. That is mind-numbing for people that have bad backs. So I'm not here to to put Yankee uh, fans into a panic, but I can just tell you I've heard some of the, I've felt some of the stuff that he's been talking about. I have a hard time getting out of bed. Now, granted, I'm 30 years older than Carlos Rodon. I'm probably 30 pounds heavier than Carlos Rodon, and he is a professional athlete, and I'm a guy that talks about baseball for a living. So I understand where the comparisons end. But – Backs are backs. It ain't fun. When he when they asked him, do you think July? And he's like, eh. Like, holy, what are we going to see? They picked him up. They gave him 132 million bucks so they could leapfrog Houston, which has its own pitching problems. We'll get to momentarily. But, right? 161. Fine. Sorry, 161, 162. Thank you, Dan, for correcting that. Um, But y'all understand what I'm saying here. Chronic back issue? Good luck with this. Good luck. It's a problem. Major problem. problem. Sorry. Rangers. We're going to shift from the American League East to the American League West. Rangers took two or three against the Angels. Seattle did the same thing in a home series against Houston. Now they flip-flop. Tonight, it's Texas at Seattle, Houston out in Anaheim. Those four teams atop the AL West are separated by only three and a half games. How many of those teams, however, are true AL West contenders? You know I hate questions like this. You you this is a good one though. Sending I, me this one, it was going to hey, be tough. Hold on, it worked out perfectly because they play each other over the whole week. I know, oh, I love I this. Know. This is a good one. Seattle, serious contender. No, uh, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if they have injuries to their pitching staff because they keep bringing up guys who are absolutely filthy. Houston, injuries to their pitching staff, but they keep bringing up guys who are absolutely filthy. Rangers and Angels. This is where I am. So those guys are contenders. Rangers and Angels, they're both mashing the ball. They both have their own starting pitching issues. Uh, if they can figure those out, I think all four teams are real AOS contenders. I think they I think they are, Chris. The way those offenses have gone with the Rangers and the Angels, they don't need much. Uh, and they can go do that at the trade deadline, or they can 
figure some things out. If Tyler Anderson like put to, like stream together like some good starts, he's had a couple good starts and like three or four really bad ones. Like they just need their starters to to bridge it to the bullpen. Like give me five, just give me five decent innings. We're gonna hit enough to be in contention. So I think my answer is four legitimate contenders for the AL West. I just believe in the Mariners and Houston a little bit more because they've proven they can bring guys up to supplement uh, uh, with injuries, and the other two really haven't. But they have enough on the rosters to be a contender, 100%. So I'll give you four, but two I have a little bit above the other. Yeah, I was going to set the over-under at three and a half, and I I would have teetered on that response. Here's the reason I will agree with you and say four. It's because, in my opinion, Houston's in deep trouble. Houston's in real trouble. Garcia's having Tommy John. Urquidy's got a shoulder issue. They also have injury problems at the top level of their minor leagues, including Force Whitley, who's banged up. You know, we've heard about him for years, and, you know, he was probably going to get a shot, but he's hurt now. They only have five healthy starting pitchers on their 40-man roster. Not on their everyday 26, on their 40-man roster. So they're going to have to make some moves here at some point. I know McCullers will be back somewhere down the line, but this is going to be a problem for them, right? There there are several issues with this team, and to me, that has opened it up because usually by now, I think they're they're at 17 and 17, which is the latest they've been at 500 since 2016, I believe, latest in the season. It's it's a team that I don't think has the, the ability to step on the accelerator, and just last week or two weeks ago, we were saying, Oh yeah, we you know we'll be very surprised if they don't make a seventh straight ALCS or whatever that's going to be, sixth or seventh, whatever the run is. But now because of these pitching injuries, they've opened the floodgates for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, like it's just it's just question marks around a lot of the starters. You know, with the Astros, they've been their depth is being tested right now. It's past the test, mm-hmm. but you know you can't really rely on that. You know, throughout the season that every single guy that they have in there now is going to stay healthy. So they do need Lance McCullers to come back. I know Luis Garcia is done. Urquidy, we'll see when he can come back. Like they have, I think they have enough internally where they'll be okay, where I think the Angels will probably have to go outside of the organization. The Rangers might have to Uh go outside of the organization. Unless Jacob deGrom, like what's going on with him? Well, we said that um, it was going to be seven to 10 days where he was going to be totally shut down. My guess is they'll probably reevaluate him again at the end of this week. To me, the bigger issue, not the bigger, but just as big an issue as DeGrom, they got to trade for a bona fide closer. They need a lockdown guy at the end, and I don't think May's too early to do it. I mean, teams aren't giving up yet, but if you can find one that'll shake loose over the next four weeks, go do it. Go do it. I think think once Houston gets – their guys back offensively to uh, Brantley Altuve uh, like it's, mm-hmm. it's going to look a little bit That'll different help. come later on in the year. And I think we'll start to remember like why they are who they are. Um, but yeah, I think all four of these teams are going to be in contention for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be fun and I yeah, really too. want the angels to stay in this thing. I really do. But if you don't, you better trade a show. Hey, oh, God, I can't the, believe I said that the Rangers the Rangers. We talked about yeah. this on Talking Baseball. I believe they have ten people with an OPS plus over hundred on their roster. Ten? Yeah, they've they've they're massive. Second in OBP, it, it, second in OPS in the in the entirety of the major leagues. 
it feels like these uh, Rangers teams, you were too young in the mid-90s when they started their first kind of burst of baseball energy, if you will. Who was uh, that, Andres Colorado? Juan Gonzalez? That's Juan Gonzalez. Pudge Rodriguez. Yeah. Dean Palmer was their third baseman. Uh, Rafael Palmero. Um, guys like that. It was a good, fun team. Rusty Greer was on that team. Um they could mash. I apologize. Eight people have an OPS plus okay. over a hundred. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Jonah Heim have an amazing year, by the way. Tip of the cap yes, to yes. him. Hey, this show is sponsored by Better Help. Uh, it is so easy to get caught up in what everybody else needs from you. You never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. So you have heard me talk a lot about this. Uh, I have been in and out of therapy for decades. Ever since I remember being a six or seven year old and being in therapy, not because there was a specific incident, but my parents always thought that it was smart to talk to somebody outside of the family structure about what you were feeling. And uh, I've been a big believer about it. I have passed that along to my family. I certainly think that over the last decade plus, uh, people have come to grips that therapists are there to help you. That if you mention the word therapy, people aren't like, oh, you're in therapy. People are like, oh, good, you're in therapy. That's wonderful. It can help you zigzag through all the issues that come up, whether they're personal relationships, whether they're work relationships, you need balance in your life. How many times do you say to yourself or you hear people say, man, I'm just not happy. Well, you know what? You don't deserve that. Life is way too short. You want to get help. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is the perfect option. It is convenient. It is flexible. It is affordable. And here's the nice thing. In our Go Get Them Life, it is entirely online. So all you have to do is fill out a very brief questionnaire. You'll get matched up with a licensed therapist. And by the way, if it doesn't work out after a meeting or two, switch therapists. There's no additional charge. There's no hard feelings. So find a more balanced life with BetterHelp. You visit BetterHelp.com slash baseball today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash baseball today. Go make your life the best one possible through BetterHelp. Before we get out of here for the day, great series between the Braves and O's. God, that was fun. Well, over the weekend, you know, the O's have done this sprinkler thing, which we don't really care for. But your boy Kyle Gibson puts the water in his mouth. This is during a hit by James McCann, which apparently there was a, a protest on whether he was out or safe. So Gibson's got all this water swishing around in his mouth. He doesn't know whether to spit it out because he doesn't know whether or not his teammate's going to be out. So he's saving it for more than two minutes in his mouth. Well, anyway, McCann eventually gets pulled for a uh, pinch runner, comes into the dugout, and they spit the water at him. Do we give kudos to your guy, Gibby, and the rest of the O's pitching staff, which saved all the water in its mouth for two minutes, or do we give him a thumbs down because they spit it at a teammate? I think we can do both, Chris. I think we can say, hey, great job, guys, waiting for the moment, but you don't got to spit it at somebody. Do you know that when we first opened Target Field, there was a letter sent out to all the players. And, you know, because some of the the stadium was funded publicly, uh, they asked us to not spit in the dugout ah. and to keep it clean. This is a true, this is a true story. Some organization wrote to us. Every single player got a letter saying, please don't spit in the dugout. And we're like, okay, I don't know what to say to that. Um, clearly the Orioles don't care either. 
I'm I'm I am off the sprinkler celebration. I've already told you that. Uh, I think it's like a little much, but that's Gibby for you, man. Like he he'll go through some pain to make sure he's getting the job done the right way. That's just the kind of person he is. I love you, Gibby. Yeah, I wouldn't have spit it at a teammate, but other than that, I was impressed by the heroic act. Still, it's just gross. I'm not a fan of the sprinkler. I think it's kind of disgusting. I like the team bonding thing. They've had a blast. They're going to have a great series against the Rays. They go from Atlanta, and now they take on Tampa in a matchup of the two best teams in the American League. But save me the sprinkler thing. Let me ask you this real quick. We're running. Do you think it was a successful series against the Braves? I know they lost two or three, but it was a yeah. tight series, walk-off. Do you think Orioles fans are like, hell yeah, man, we just went toe-to-toe with one of the top teams in baseball? Or do you think they're past that? I asked Jake this question, too. I think they're past it. I think they're past okay. it. I think that they know that they're a good team, and I think they know they're one, at least one big pitching acquisition away from having a shot at this thing because they do it. They got some guys that can do it offensively, and the end of the bullpen, Cano has been unreal. Batista has been unreal. They've had some other guys. Baker's done a nice job. They've, they know they're there. Okay. They know they're there, and I think I know they're there. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with the Pasquatch, Vinny Pasquantino, who's hilarious. Once again, thank you to Trevor Plouffe for setting up the Evan Longoria surprise. Check out that little clip. That 90-second clip is available on Chris Rose Sports. Um, and, and watch the episode. Vinny's he's just great. I wish their team was great. better. That sucks. But he's really good. And also, we continue our series with Blitzball Battle 3. Game number five was played last night. Check that out. You guys have been really flooding the market. Game number six will be tomorrow. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. So for our one-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.